Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renate Bobrun. That would be me. <clears throat> if you are a new listener to this conversation, I'd like to welcome you. If you are a returning listener, I'd like to welcome you back. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate you lending me your time, your ears, your intellect, your rationale, everything for this uh, ongoing conversation that is in its 51st episode. Awesome. Can't believe I've been doing it. This is like 50, 50. Yeah, this is our 51st episode. Yeah, that's crazy. Considering I started this in February. Now we're in November. Um, I think a week or so away from Thanksgiving. I don't know you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, but, um, it's interesting to me that this has gone on. I, I started it with the intention of it being something long-term. Um, <clears throat> and it's turning into that. Uh, I want to expand it where I'm doing more interviews and things like that. So it's not just me chiming on and on and on for 60 minutes, 30 to 60 minutes. You get to hear other people. Like if you go back to my, um, episode where I'm speaking to Pac-Man or if I'm speaking to Lenore Batista or the other episodes where I'm speaking to Jean Laguerre. Um, I thought that those episodes came out pretty great. Um, well, pretty well. I mean, you know, I'm glad that I was able to have some people that um, are contributing and adding value to the whole global, our global collective. And you, you guys got a chance to hear them. Um, first things first, if you guys are listening to me, on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or things like that, things like that please rate the show. Um, I noticed I have way more than single-digit listenership when I look at the analytics, but I only have single digits or so in the review column. The reviews are important because it creates a certain level of activity on the page, on the profile. So when the podcasts come up and shows come up, or when people are searching for something, they just might hit on mine because of the activity going on. So I would really like to get those reviews up to into the double digits because I consistently when I publish an episode, there's a pretty good listenership, but it's not being reflected in the reviews. And so it's the easiest way to contribute to the show. It's the most inexpensive and the most convenient, actually. So if you could take a moment out and review the show, <clears throat> I'd greatly appreciate it. As a matter of fact, I would like to get to about double digit, at least 20 to 25 reviews before the end of the year. That doesn't sound like a lot, but, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it, you know, getting reviews oftentimes where people, whether people have Amazon products or Google or services or whatever the case may be, getting reviews oftentimes people are busy. And, you know, people oftentimes don't leave reviews for things unless they suck. Bad news travels seven times faster than good news. That's just the nature of things. So, yeah, that happens. So let's try to spread. And even if you don't like the show, if it's bad news, hey, give it a one star. If you like it, give it however much. If you love it, you know, hey, I love it, too. So um, I appreciate that if you would take the time out to give it a quick review. And um, definitely share it with friends and family and colleagues and cohorts and stuff like that. If you want to contact me with any suggestions, questions, concerns, critiques, definitely hit me up on whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on our Instagram page at whoseworldisthis2021. That is whoseworldisthis2021 on Instagram. All right, if you want to leave a Cash App donation, speaking of ways to contribute, you can leave a Cash App or a Venmo. Cash App is dollar sign Junbo, which is J-U-N-B-E-A-U. And Venmo is J-U-N-B-E-A-U, so at Junbo. All righty. So, I mean, what else is going on? What else is going on? You guys know that I've been journaling. I've probably in my 15th day, by the time this episode will air maybe my 20th day i'm not entirely sure i think this episode will air right before thanksgiving i'm not entirely sure yeah probably right before that means i will be 20 plus days in to my journaling which i started november 1st i've been using the gratitude journals that are available through chavez house publishing that's chavez with an s at the end c-h-a-v-e-s house publishing 
You can put that in the Amazon search box, Chavez House Publishing, and you will see all the journals that are available published by Lenore Batista and Chavez House Publishing. And I have the gratitude journal that I've used every single day since November 1st. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. I'm using these journals to chronicle what I'm grateful for during the day and right as soon as I wake up. And there's a there are certain prompts that are available for you to leave what you are grateful for before you go to sleep. So I'm making gratitude central in my day. <clears throat> when I wake up, it's what I'm grateful for. When I go to sleep, what am I grateful for for today that actually occurred? And what do I expect from tomorrow? What would make tomorrow amazing? So this is what we're doing now to move the needle in our lives. I'd like you guys to be a part of it. Um, it's not just about selling journals. It's about selling a lifestyle. It's about teaching a lifestyle, moving the needle in the right direction. Think it, write it, do it. If you write it down, it has a higher propensity, propensity and a higher probability that it will actually occur and manifest in your life. If you take a moment to write it and be invested in the process, don't just write into it every day just to do it. I did that this morning, honestly. This morning, I treated the, the journal for the first time in more than 18 plus days as a task. I was like, oh, I got to write in this journal. I was like, no, 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 that's not what this is. You're not supposed to treat the journal like another chore. That's what we treat everything else. Oh, I got to get the kids ready. Or, oh, I got to get ready for class. Oh, man, I got to get ready for this gig. I got errands. I have errands. No, 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 that's not what this is. The job is to be excited about waking up and writing down exactly how you, you feel and what you're grateful for. And that's how I felt for every 100% of the time, except today. And I checked myself when I did it today. I said, you know what? This is the last time I'm going to do that. I have to wake up with the intention. That's why after nature calls in the morning, when you wake up out of your bed, the first thing you do, you don't go to their fridge. You don't go to your phone to check your messages or your Instagram reel or your reels or your news reports. You don't turn on the television. You go straight to the journal and you give yourself a moment. Invest in yourself. Give yourself a chance to be grateful. Give yourself a chance to think about you. Very important. So that's what we do. And I use the Titan Fit journal as well. It's the journal that I use for men to chronicle what I ate, how well I slept, the quality of my sleep, the water intake, my workout, the reps, everything. So I've been in the gym now 20 plus days straight. No breaks. I'm not always putting up weight, but I'm at least doing a mile and a half on the treadmill or elliptical or the cycle or bicycle, whatever. So I'm getting at least 35 plus minutes of work per day, at least. That's not including the walking I do through my community uh, and all of that. But I'm at least getting an, a mile and a half, 1.5 miles per day walking at least for the last 20 days. So that's awesome. And I chronicle that as well. So it's good to tether yourself to something and keep those promises to yourself. So again, I know it's long-winded, but I feel that it adds value to the conversation. I'm not, I'm not selling sugar water. I'm not um, pitching that you guys put something in your body that may or may not be beneficial to you. This is something that I feel every single last person on earth, no matter how successful, no matter how vibrant their life is, no matter how uh, 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 balanced or happy they may feel, you still can benefit from this. And those of us who feel we need to do some corrections, we need to make some, some, some improvements, some drastic, some minor, some significant, some may not be. However, wherever you are on the spectrum of life, this is beneficial. Writing things down and tethering yourself to promises that you make to yourself and being grateful for the life that you do have and finding ways to improve on what you already have. So that being said, Chavez House Publishing, Lenore Batista Journals, go look on Amazon, buy as many as you want. It's all good. Christmas is coming. Winter is here. Christmas is coming. Black Friday, Christmas, New Year's resolutions. Fine. I started my New Year's resolution two months earlier than everybody else. I'm one up. I'm two months up on everybody who's deciding that January 1st is going to be the month, to, the day they're going to make all those changes. And not me. I'm making all those changes now. Now. Let's get it started because I want to have a heads up on whatever is coming down the pike next year. Whatever is going to happen. I'm I'm going to try to prepare myself mentally and physically for it.
Hey, so now we're in our 51st episode. If you guys are returning listeners, you know I like to name my episodes, but I've been kind of straying away from that a bit because I've been entering into what's been going on on the news. You know, remember we spoke about that. I don't like to um, just pluck things out of the current headlines and just use them as fodder for what we speak about. I like what we speak about to be overarching. I like to speak about the origins of the world that we live in. Why things are like this today may be because of something that occurred or events that occurred or ideologies that precede today. A hundred years prior, a thousand years prior, nothing was created in a day. That's very, very, very important. So because of that, that's why my show, this conversation, rarely is just about plucking things out of the air and just commenting on it. Take, for instance, I think one of our last episodes um, when we spoke about the COP26, the uh, climate change conference <clears throat> that's going on in Scotland, where, you know, our president and our, our, our current president, Joseph R. Biden, and our um, former president, Barack H. Obama, w- att- were in attendance. And the whole world, if, I, if you decide to listen to public radio or what have you, um, there's a lot of conversation about our climate climate change and climate disasters and climate refugees and um you know and i told you a conversation that i had with a couple of uh environmentalist friends of mine where i pushed back on the emphasis on mother earth when i said we can't even treat mothers correctly and sons and daughters we're not looking out for the babies we have refugees already and most of it is not because of climate We have people showing up at borders all over the world, whether it's in Belarus, whether it's Syrians, whether it's Venezuelans, whether it's Haitians, whether it's Mexicans, whether it's Africans. There was a group of Africans. I think I mentioned it several episodes ago where a group of Africans were leaving. They they left Africa, got in some rickety raft from Africa to France, got to France thinking that they made it. The way they're being treated in France, according to them, is, is with such indignance that they're going to leave France and steal some raft to go to London to try to get to England use, uh, via the English Channel. Now, those are some choppy waters, so I've heard. And um, this is what's going on, not based on climate, based on human nature, not mother nature. This is what we're doing to each other right now and i spoke about that and and i feel that it's <clears throat> it merits further discussion and that's why i like my show um because i i'm not beholden to any paymaster that's telling me i gotta do this or do that if i feel that things need to be unpacked further i'll unpack it because i feel that there's absolutely nothing we can do about climate change because we haven't decided to have a have a real serious discussion on human trafficking. Um, there have been 678 murders in Chicago from January 1st to October 31st. That probably rounds out to about three people per day being murdered. And we are not in wartime America. There is no, quote unquote, civil war going on in America. Right. It's not it's not Ethiopia. It wasn't what was going on between North and South Sudan. Right. It's not that. It's not what's going on in Afghanistan with with rival factions. It's not that. Just most of the time, men or boys murdering other men or boys. Okay? And there's no national referendum on that. Whether you're in New York City, Baltimore, Miami, Atlanta, Chicago, Missouri, St. Louis, Los Angeles, and all these other cities in America that are on fire with mortal violence. Forgive me if I'm like, if we can't get that under control, this whole earth, mother earth, which we are a product of, by the way, we are a product of nature. Got it? We are the only creatures that seek to not create an equilibrium and a harmony 
with the environment that we're in. If I may quote Agent Smith from Matrix One. Right. But that's who we are. We have an antagonistic relationship with nature. Nature has mountains. We want to outdo nature with skyscrapers. So we as humans, we want to create our version of mountains. There are earthquakes and meteors. We want to create our own version with the weapons that we make that can shake the ground. A meteor meteor with its with, with its level of radioactivity can kill the birds, bees and trees. And so what do we do? We create nuclear weapons and we weaponize energies to do what? To do what? To kill the birds, bees and the trees as long as well as the people. We kill the air. That's what we're able to do. So we're looking to harness a lot of what nature does. And we are, a, we are a product of Mother Nature. What is a human being? A human being did not come out of some sort of parallel membrane and then land on Earth. We are mammals. We are the upper mammals. We are the apex predators and we are the upper male. We're using our upper mammalian brains. We are a part of this ecosystem, a part of it, not separate and apart. But we are a part included in this ecosystem. Yet... On many, many occasions, in, if we are first worlders, especially us in the first world, in the first world, we act separate and apart from the nature that we are a part of. Oftentimes we find ways to be separate and apart from the other human beings that we share this earth with. We will find a reason to create antagonisms and schisms hmm? with the people that we share this planet with that have two arms Two legs, eyes, can speak, can laugh, can, can, can learn our language, we can learn theirs, can eat our food, we can eat theirs. We'll find a way, somehow, some way, to create the kind of schisms that we will kill, we will murder, we will maim, we will subject those people to great indignancies. Right? Mm. We do that, don't we? And we'll find a reason to do it. We'll use our upper mammalian brain, like I said before, to justify our lower basic attributes from the jungle will use our upper mammalian reasoning to justify and articulate codify put it in text ask mr adolf hitler the holocaust was intellectualized right war murder intellectualized many of our texts Many of our, even some, dare I say, you know, a lot of my religious friends will, will not be happy. But if you read your religious text critically, there's a lot of justifications for murder. If one does not believe as you believe. There's a lot of justifications and nuances that 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 justify the women and children killing firstborn sons, take the women that are unwed these are all in many of the texts. If those who do not believe we've had our institutions say it is OK to enslave those that don't adhere to our religion. I don't have to go into that. You guys can look into it yourselves. Many of you who believe in certain religious texts, you have an a la carte way of being a, 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 a religious adherent. It's like a cafeteria. You pick and choose which parts of the religion you are going to abide by and justify. And the other ones you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's just, you know, that part was written by man. The other part was written. Okay, whatever. I'm just saying it's there in writing. We have found ways, somehow, some way to codify our most animalistic, our most barbaric tendencies. And we'll find ways to justify what's going on with the earth. Oh, that's just the earth. The earth, we went through ice ages and volcanoes and meteors before. This is just another one of those things that had nothing to do with us. Okay. And maybe you're okay. No problem. Yeah. So what we develop, yeah, we're burning gas and oil and stuff. And we have, you know, whole islands of plastic off the coast of California. And, you know, fish are dying. And, yeah, we need the fish. And, yeah, we need the water. But, eh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, right? But I got to say, we got to look at ourselves and give ourselves a, a, a hard, tough look in the mirror because <clears throat> I did a couple of interviews this week with some podcasters. Um, I really, I'm really liking the fact that I'm, I like that I'm meeting people in this field and um, 
they've listened to this podcast and they've said, wow, how long you been doing this? You've been doing this a while. And I said, no, I've been doing this since February. And they said, oh, what other, have you been in broadcast communications before? I said, no, never. And they're looking at me as if, whoa, this is pretty good. And I'm saying to them, really? Okay, wow. Well, thank you, because I'd listen to their show and I go, wait, this is pretty good. And so a sponsor, one of these podcasters um, that, that interviewed me for their show, for content on their show, and, I will, and that information will be forthcoming as soon as they finish their edits and things like that. And if I'm, if I'm satisfied with the work that they did, then I'll, I'll pass it on. If I'm not satisfied with it, I, I won't pass it on. Because actually I'm having a conversation with one of them. I had a, 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 just a subtle critique of the title of one of the um, podcasts. And I was like, eh, I'm not really happy with that. You know, well, let me know. And um, I'm still waiting back, waiting on word back though. But anyway, one of the podcasters uh, sent the sponsor my way to listen to the show. So the sponsor called me ahead of time contacted me ahead of time on zoom and didn't listen to the show first and said hey june um let me ask you if you could describe your show to me in one sentence how would you describe it and that's a very good question because if i'm looking to turn this platform into a broader platform i have to be able to condense in one sentence what it is and i responded and i said um after a brief pause i said i'm just doing this show i want to hear and he just smiled and he looked at me and he was like, OK, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I said, I, I find that um, I find that um, <clears throat> to make an informed decision about a lot of things that are going on, the myriad of things that are going on in our lives, whether it be politically, sociopolitically, economically, in our personal lives. I feel that there's a certain level of nuance that's missing. And I feel that I, to a certain degree, add the nuance add the perspectives that one would need to make an informed decision, or at least a better decision. I'm not saying I have all the information. I'm not saying I filled all the holes and the gaps, but I feel that to a, to a degree that what's missing in the zeitgeist, what's missing in the marketplace, I add a little bit to it. And he said, well, that's great. That's exactly what I was kind of looking for, an answer. He said the first answer was pretty much you, just you know, being you. And the other one is, if you want to sell it to someone, that's how you would pitch it and I was like yeah you're right now that I'm looking at what we're doing this ongoing conversation will be commodified in 2022 that is a fact ladies and gentlemen before my hundredth episode this show will be a revenue stream at the moment it's not it kind of pays for itself in a way but it's not a revenue stream but it will be because of the time it takes to prepare, which isn't I'm not going to say I prepare a lot because a lot of this is rattling around in my head anyway. But the time it takes to do the show, to put the show up, to pay for the platform that the show is on. I'm not using a free platform, which I should. So technically, I'm in the hole doing this little passion project <clears throat> because I actually have to pay for the hosting space and all that other stuff. But in any case. There will be a most likely a website attached. There's going to be other things attached. I'm going to transcribe many episodes and things of that nature. So this is going to be a commodity. So speaking to these other creators and listening and getting their suggestions was, was quite beneficial. And I was excited. I was like, wow, we're moving the needle. I'm actually speaking to people in this sphere. I mean, I'm up 50 episodes. 50 episodes is a, is a very, is, it gives people a nice significant sample of who I am, what I do, and the patterns and, and, and what, where I'm comfort, where I'm strong at, where my strengths are and where my weaknesses are. So I was very grateful for that. But in one of the episodes, not, not but, but one of the episodes, uh, we were speaking about um, what we need to do to make our lives better in these divisive times. And the host, a really good guy, I'll share it with you later um, after he finishes editing the, uh, our episode, the guy I spoke to was an older gentleman and he, his main talking point was that it's the media, the media. He said, you know, the media, it's the media making things more divisive and the media and the media making things more divisive and the media and the media making things more divisive. Dot, dot, dot. That was the talking point. Now I spoke about the media early on in my episodes, actually the first couple of episodes because that, that was not a tactic. The media is a tool. The mainstream media, corporate owned media, 
is a tool. Is a tool. It's used to frame and steer your mind. It's not there to inform. Big difference. It's framing, steering, moving you. I, to a certain degree, am framing, steering, and moving. I'm framing. I'm saying, hey, get a journal. Make your life better. Hey, think about this. Think about that. Make a more informed decision. Meanwhile, corporate multinational media, their job is to narrow conversations as much as they possibly can for you to think that, okay, in this minute and a half, I've given you all the information you need to know about this particular subject. Boom. That's it. No deep dives, no nuance, no anything. It's either this or that. That's it. Bye. And then you have media stations that are actually taking sides, which you're not supposed to do. There's not supposed to be a right wing slant or a left wing slant to the corporately owned. But every, the corporate owners of our economy and us, to a certain degree, love it because they, they pay for both sides. And they pay for the narrowing of the conversation. So the conversation doesn't ever get broader to what's wrong with our infrastructure. No, the right wing slanted media will tell you that the left side, their policies are what's wrong with America. The left will tell you that it's the right side's uh, 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 fault with what's wrong with America. And so when um, this particular person that was interviewing me said that it's the media, the media, the media, June, June, it's the media, June, it's the media. I said, okay, well, I mean, who is this media? The media is not some nebulous creature that came from some outer galaxy. The media is made up of people. Corporations are made up of people, right? And the, and the viewership are made up of people. It's like what George Carlin said, my favorite comedian of all time, um, when he said that um, our politicians do not come to our our reality from some parallel universe or membrane. They come from our schools. They come from our neighborhoods. They come from our churches. They come from our universities. If you don't like your politicians, you don't like yourself because they come from our neighborhoods and our communities and our schools and our churches and our universities and our sports programs. They are us and we voted them in. That old saying, in a democracy, you get the government you deserve. Well, I'm saying in America, you get the media you deserve. You're not in North Korea where all media is, 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 is sanctioned and, and, and controlled by the government. Our media is to a certain degree controlled by the government. Federal, Federal Communications Commission, FCC, sort of a regulatory body, right? But I'm speaking about government paying attention and making sure that every single last thing that's said on the radio and on the TV is what the government wants. Not everything on the radio and television is what the government wants out. That's the truth. Most of it is. Trust and believe. So what does that say? If we're not living in North Korea and Soviet Russia, then what does that say? If we're not living in Saudi Arabia and we're on the United States, where, con where the consumer is king, what does that say? Hmm? Do we have to take some responsibility for our media? If bad news spreads seven times faster than good news, then does not does that not explain why the media has a has a quote, if it bleeds, it leads end quote mantra that they start with bad news first. Is that something that's just innate and inherent in human nature? Are these the flames that we already have inside of us that the media is just fanning? These are questions. I'm not here to answer them oftentimes. These are questions. Is there an argument that with all the sociologists, psychologists, behaviorologists that are employed by the media to put on programming, they know what songs to play, what colors to use, muted colors, what voice to use, the uniformity and how, I don't care if you're in, in, in Oakland or Oklahoma City, your sportscasters, your everyone sounds exact, almost exactly the same. This uniformity in speech, the uniformity in this, the, uh, the things that they speak about, the cadence by which they speak it with, all of these things are choreographed. 
Is that because this is who we already are? Is our media a reflection of us? Is the media separate and apart from who we are? Is it, is it this tool that's there to divide and frame or is it already taking advantage of the divisions that already exist? This is the question that I posed to the interviewer. I said, before there was media, there were divisions. Before there was ink on earth. Before people could read or write, there were divisions. There were murders. There were killings. There were genocides. There were systems of caste or whatever. No matter where you were in the world, this existed. So it's easy in our contemporary society for someone on the right, someone on the left, or what's considered left, to say, or what's considered right, oh, the media, the media is such a divisive tool. The media is there to divide us and conquer us, and the media is there, the, the media and the media and the media and the media. And I'm like, okay, all right, I got it, got it. Media is a tool, yes, but is it exacerbating something that is already innate? Inside of all of us, do we already not have a propensity to divide and still somehow cooperate? We all stop at the red light and all stop at the green. When we go to a supermarket, we all wait in the line, most of us. We live in a sort of a cooperative collective. We cooperate most times, don't we? 678 murders is a lot of murders to happen in Chicago. But guess what? It could be worse. It could be 10 a day, 20 a day. Hmm? We could, we, could, we could be killing each other for every little thing. Someone took our parking spot. This cashier is taking too long. How come they don't have more registers open? What's up with pump five? Yo, my coffee's cold. Yo, there's not enough sugar in this. This isn't what I ordered. We could have complete barbarity on our hands, but we do not. So there is a certain amount of civilization that exists. And then on the other side of things, we can traffic 40 million kids a year. We kidnap, we traffic, we start wars, we create wars, we poison our air supply, poison our water supply. We, we'll, we'll do all of that at the same exact time. The paradox of human nature. We can nurture and at the same time be the most destructive. How about it? So doesn't media reflect that, you think? Doesn't our media accurately depict who and what we are this, at this stage of our evolution? I'm just saying, is there an argument for that? Because there's no way I am going to plop all of the ills of our society on the lap of the media. What? You can choose to turn it off, you know. Huh? Many people can choose to turn it off. Huh? It's just like buying music. If a millions and millions of millions, if, if, I go to the, if I go to the record store, which I used to go to, remember record stores? Anybody out there remember actually buying a CD? You remember those days? Buying a CD, like, oh, I want to get this one. You remember that? Well, in those days, I would buy a certain kind of music. And then somebody else would buy another kind of music. Now, the music I bought really never sold millions of records, but it would be the music that had critical acclaim later on. It would be the most critically acclaimed, maybe not the most popular. That was fine with me. I didn't even buy music for popularity. I bought music for how it moved me in particular. So I'd buy something even before it was critically acclaimed. I would say, I like that. That's crazy. And then later on, you know, it would be the thing that people would say was the best thing ever or the best thing or blah, blah, blah. But it wouldn't win any, it wouldn't win any of the awards and stuff like that. And I was fine with that. I didn't need, uh, um, general consensus i didn't need the public to like it or love what i was listening to i didn't need most of my friends later on down the years decades later the stuff i was listening to is now considered golden era the most classic this that and the third ever okay whatever but that other stuff that sold millions and millions of records people are embarrassed to say that they're listening to it today that they actually listened to that that they actually argued for that that they actually advocated for that I can stand 10 toes down in all the music I ever listened to, all the books I ever read, all the movies that I ever watched. I could t they've all turned out to be classics for the most of for the most part. I'm fine with that. That's just how I'm built. But it seems mathematically speaking that the stuff that I liked 
what commercial failures and critical successes. So what's that saying about our society in general? I'm not saying I'm special by no means of the, of the imagination. Am I saying that? No. What I'm saying is, do the majority of us out there have a propensity to just want to be provo provoked by the peripheral, by, by, the, by the banal, by a, we want um, things that are easily digestible, that helps us pick a side, that is easy to digest and manifest. Are, are we just, uh, yeah, this fruit is, is, is low-hanging. Let me just grab it. Boom, that's it. As opposed to having to climb and wait for this one to get ripe. And I don't want to wait that long. I want that now. We know we live in a country of drive through windows. You go through most of the world, there aren't any drive throughs I've lived in Italy. I've lived, I've lived in uh, many parts of Europe. I lived in the islands. I lived in all these other places. And guess what? We are the place of the place of convenience. We are the place where... Give me one second, guys. Take care of this real quick. Yeah, we are the place where... Um, we um, need it now. Five minutes. Ten minutes. One window, order it. Get it from the next. All I'm saying is, is there a correlation? Sorry, guys, about that brief pause. I'm actually in a park right now using my Wi-Fi hotspot. And I'm talking to you guys just, you know, um, just, you know, enjoying the weather. And I just saw a group of people. And they were looking at me in the park right now because I'm in the glove. I'm, I'm in my car. I have my sunroof open and this, that and the third. And, you know, the way they were looking at me, I was saying, hey, do I have to go get my Second Amendment out of the glove compartment? And I actually did. So I put my Second Amendment in my lap. And now that they're out of vision, I'll put my Second Amendment back into the glove compartment. There we go. Alrighty, My bad. Brief interruption. That's all right. Yeah, it's all good. So I, my apologies for the pause. But, hey, that's what happens when you're recording live and direct on location those things will happen because i wanted just a different scenery I'm, I'm at a park right now i'm overlooking this nice little beautiful blue sky and you know i don't usually record during the day i'm a night recorder so now i have so much other stimuli while i'm speaking to you so forgive me if might be my 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 uh my diatribes are a bit disjointed or my dialogue it's just i'm taking it all in the birds the bees the trees and everything else because you know we're having a climate conversation about the climate of human nature and the climate of mother nature and we are a product of mother nature so i'm asking is this just how it's supposed to end up is the ultimate question we are a product of mother nature so did mother nature create a creature or create beings and entities, a product of Mother Nature that is supposed to hurt Mother Nature. Every other creature finds a way to use the things in nature to what? To live in equilibrium and in harmony with nature. Even people that live in rural places, you have people who live in the Caribbean or people who live in, 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 in more um, in the Amazon, in rainforests and things. They use what they have. They use what the earth gives them. They, they never use more because they understand the, the, the concept of replenishing. Indian farmers who for hundreds, if not thousands of years, were trading seed with each other. And that's how they ate. They traded seed. They bartered seed. They didn't use money. But yet here we are, first worlders, we created seed called devil seeds that only last one season. And they create plants that don't give you seed after you uproot them out of the ground. When you, when you, when you have a melon, when you have plants, the plant has seeds. You use those seeds to replant. You use that plant and then you have the seeds of, from that plant to replant. But yet us, us as human beings... We've created seeds that only last one season, one crop. Those plants don't reproduce. So now those same farmers in India that are killing themselves in mass, just in case you didn't know, why are they committing suicide? Because the way of life that they've had is gone forever. Because we, as human beings, created a seed and said, hey, wouldn't it be great to commodify life? So now they have to get into our system. They have to use money. 
that bartering system that they've been using all these hundreds or thousands of years, that's dead. Seeds, that plant, this plant isn't going to give you any more seeds. A seed is proof of life in the plant that you are eating, in the fruit that you are eating, and everything. It's proof of life. If you do not have a seed, that plant probably is abhorrent to nature. It's a reject. So we've created these, 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 these creatures, these, these things that cannot reproduce life. So we can enter people into the financial market. So now you have farmers that are in debt for the first time because they don't even know what in debt is. Now they're in debt. Because now they have to borrow money to buy this seed that's only going to last one season. And oftentimes they kill themselves because they're better off dead. This is the world we've rationalized and justified. And this is what I was trying to explain to my environmentalist friends. Where we have not had a moratorium. We're not asking philosophical, we're not asking Hobbesian questions. We're not asking Nietzschean questions. We're not asking, you know, um, um, Aristotelian questions about humankind. Who are we today? There's a song called Africa Must Wake Up by, by, distant, by Nas and Damian Marley off the Distant Relatives album. And, the, you know, there's a line in that song at the end of the hook where Damian Marley asks, who are we today? And I love every time I hear it, I used to just... It it, it, it it was jarring for me because I get jarred by questions. And I remember writing down after that interview I had with this particular um, podcast, I said to myself, we have to ask bigger questions to get the bigger answers. We have to ask bigger questions that are going to make us a little bit uncomfortable. And then we can ask the bigger, then we can get the bigger answers. We're not asking big enough questions. Who are we today as human beings? Who are we as we enter into the second, we are in the second decade of the 21st century? Actually, are we not in the third decade? Because we had the 2000s, then you had the 2010s, now we're in the 2020s. So this is actually the third decade. Am I right or wrong? Is my math wrong? If my math is wrong, please correct me. Whose world is this? 21 at gmail.com. Please feel free. Um, or whose world is this 2021 on Instagram? Feel free to correct me. Well, we're not entering into the third decade where our cars are supposed to be driving ourselves. Hmm? All this automation, all of this self-checkout. You got regular cats going to the moon just because they have money, going to Mars or wherever the hell. This is what's going on right now, right? Leaving our atmosphere just like, hey, space travel. Hey, we out of here. Huh? Creating virtual realities. We have we have pacemakers with Bluetooth in them. So your so your doctor can check your heart, <clears throat> take the data and extract the data. I mean, these are this is what we have now. But is Albert Einstein right, right or, or correct when when he asserted that our technology has far surpassed our surpassed our humanity? And he said that how many decades ago, 60, 70 years ago? Are we there? Have we evolved as a species? Have we peaked? As humans, have we peaked? Is this as good as it's going to be as human beings? Even with all of our clicktivism and hashtag and diversity, inclusion and equity and I am enough and you're, you're okay the way you are and we're going to cancel you if you think any differently. Even with all of that, with all of that, are we getting to the root of the schisms? Are we getting to the root of who we are? Is it is it bigger than just being a capitalist or being a communist or being a socialist or being this religion or being that religion or being different? Or, OK, you like you, you like same sex. You're a nuclear family. You're this. You're that. You're, is it is it deeper than that? Or is it something innate in all of us? To look for the schisms, to find a way to cooperate and at the same time, find a way to destroy each other in the most egregious, horrendous, and efficient way possible. Because right now, there's been no other time in our history that the world has had the power to kill itself and the, the ability and the capability to destroy the whole earth. Yeah, we've had wars. We've had world wars and things of that nature. We've had civil wars. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right now, right now, we have several countries that are nuclear actors. Several. We're not having that conversation anymore. We're having a climate change conversation without having a nuclear conversation about, hey, what's up with these weapons that everybody has that can kill the birds, the bees, the trees, the air, everything? Hmm? For 100 years. Okay? Are we going to have that conversation? No, no? Okay. No, not on the table? Mm. Different different time. We're not going to have a UN council on that. That's why, for me, the climate change conversation is somewhat of a distraction from a higher question or a higher truth, a bigger question that needs bigger answers, a larger question, a broader question, an uncomfortable question. While we're speaking about, you think climate change is a problem? With one of these state actors decides it's time to push the button. Climate change will be the least of our worries. Because we're not spending hundreds of millions of dollars on these weapons for no apparent reason. Our president, former, I'm sorry, our current president, Joseph R. Biden, just uh, gave, just sent $650 million worth of missiles to Saudi Arabia. Okay? I don't know how many missiles that gets you, but I think a lot. For all I know, you know, it could be six missiles. I don't know how much these missiles cost. $650 million worth of missiles. A lot of you are out of work out there. Hmm? And I know it's easy to speak in those naive terms. I'm, I'm a student of international law. My degree is in international law. My degree is in law, government, international law, government, and politics. I know the machinations of war. I know the amorality that state actors have to act with to protect their national interests. It's not a moral interest. It's an amoral interest oftentimes. And for some, it may be even considered an immoral interest to protect national interests. Now, those national interests oftentimes are not in the interests of the regular Jane and John Q public. However, remember, in a democracy, you get what? The government you deserve. You hired them. You can fire them. You haven't decided to yet. However, this is where we are. A lot of people out of work. D- don't let them fool you with all of that. Um. Oh, yeah, you know, a bunch of people quit their jobs and... The employers out there are looking to um, uh, hire people, but there's no one wanting to work. Yeah, no one wants to work for pennies that can't even pay their rent. And no one wants to work under those conditions. So stop it. Stop acting like you got you have great jobs waiting for people. Let's call that what it is. But anyway, going back to what I was saying. So we have $650 million worth of web- missiles being sent over there. We have Syrian refugees, we have African refugees, we have Haitian refugees, we have Venezuelan refugees, we have refugees all over the place. And we're talking about climate refugees? You want me to speak about climate refugees when we haven't even figured out what to do with the refugees we have now? And almost 40 to 50% of these refugees are parents with children with them. Babies, the kids. Okay? (laughs) Okay? So... Forgive me if I'm not looking at the media as the ultimate harbinger and tool that's being used to divide us. Hmm? When you convert some child to a child soldier in the Middle East and Africa, that ain't the media. That ain't the media. Hmm? That's not the media. Like I said in the other, in our other a uh, uh, conversation when you have chi- children working in coal mines and they're dying from black lung by the age of 17 18 19 or 20 years old and they better have a kid quick get a kid quick to go work back in that coal mine and the only reason why we stopped having child labor one of the one of the main reasons why we stopped having child labor in this country was because during the great depression we needed to make sure every able-bodied man had work so we couldn't we didn't um, offer those same, quote unquote, jobs to children. That's who we are, people. <clears throat> That's part of who we are. Many of the things that we have today and the accoutrements and the amenities and the luxuries that we have <clears throat> as first worlders come from third world. The copper and the coltan and the cobalt that comes from Africa. Do you know the kind of nasty, dirty politics and business that has to be done 
for us to have the flat screens that we have in our homes, the tablets, the flat screens in our cars and in our pockets and in, and in our book bags. Do you know the level of dirty politics it takes, the level of nastiness it takes to get some of the clothes on our back? You heard of the suicide nets outside of many factories all over the world for us to actually have the high speed technology in our phones at our convenience. No referendum on that. You want the climate to change? You got to change the climate of what's going on between our ears and our hearts or in our DNA. Can it change? We have to evolve. It's not just awareness. Awareness is not enough. Being educated or illuminated on a subject is not enough. It's going to take a little more. That's all I'm saying. A lot of things. Those, those, you know, when you, when that, before that lady in our lives says I do, do we really care where that diamond is coming from? Remember that brief little moment where we actually cared about blood diamonds or conflict diamonds? Yeah, that still exists, by the way. Yeah, conflict-free diamonds, right, right. I may do a documentary on that. That's why I want this to grow. This, I want this platform to grow and i think for it to grow people have to get used to me being a voice of some whatever whatever my voice represents because there are a couple of things that i want to give or visualization to give a visual to not just my big head that's why i haven't put this stuff on youtube i haven't put a camera in front of my face i know youtube is the largest search engine on the planet i know that i could possibly get more and more viewers if i go on youtube but i'm okay I, I, I don't have a plan plan, but I have a I kind of have an idea of what kind of viewer and listener I want. And I'm hoping to grow it in this organic way. That's why I'm I'm very excited to collaborate with other podcasters. I want to be able to capture the audiences that actually gravitate towards this form of media and communication and grab a share of that. And then move them with me and we'll go together into other platforms. But I want to have this audience built up first and then I'll decide. Because truth be told, I don't like a lot of the things that go on on YouTube. I don't like it. I don't like it. Even though I, I'm, I'm starting not to like some of the things that are going on in the podcast world as well. But that's fine because anybody can plug in a mic and go record. And that's the awesome thing about it. The pro to it is anyone can say what they need to say. And that's the great. And the con of it is anyone can say what they need to say. So there's no vetting process. There's no quality control. And that's a problem. And you know what changes quality control? Your imagination, your access to money, your access to talent that can bring the things that you have in your mind to fruition. So I have a lot of ideas. I have a lot of things I want to put out there into the world. And what's going to separate me from the pack What's going to create quality control is when I say, hey, here, look at me. Look what I've given. Look, look what I've created. It's not just this platform where anyone can plug and play. But yet I created this whole other thing. I went to this whole other place that many may not have access to. I found access. I got in and I gave you straight from the source. Not from someone reading off of a teleprompter sitting in your living room while you're sitting in your living room you invited this other entity and multinational entities into your living room to give you a minute and a half worth of information that they narrowed down to its tiny tiny bits so they can frame and steer you into a particular direction whoa whoa so that's why i wanted this is this conversation maybe may seem to be a little bit all over the place, but there's a fundamental question. The fundamental question is, who are we today? If I may quote the great Damien Jr. Gong Marley from the song Africa Must Wake Up on the Distant Relatives album, who are we today? What are we today? Is the media to blame for all this division and derision? the divisive rhetoric or is that divisive rhetoric the same kind of rhetoric that's being had in barbershops all across the country and lodges all across the country and kitchens and living rooms 
all across the country. Hmm? Going on before that. And are these men and women that are on our televisions, part of the media, just better articulators of the divisions that already exist? Hmm. These are a list of questions. Feel free to write them down. This is important for every one of us to think about. Are they just better articulators? Are they more eloquent at articulating the divisions that we have already created? Hmm? We don't want to read. Do we want to do, do we want to do the work or do we want to go through the drive through? And not care about the ingredients. Do we want to go home and cook? Do we want to shop for every ingredient? Do we want to look at the cartons and the packaging and say, oh, this has too much of this. No, I'm looking for more of that. Do we want to go through all of that? And then go home and say, you know what? I'm going to make this me. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to know. I'm going to acquire a skill set. I'm going to cook. I'm going to make these ingredients. I'm going to research how to make this meal. I want to feel like this. I want to be like this. I'm going to create a meal, whatever, whatever. That is the direct manifestation of what I want to eat and how I want to feel the healthy life that I want or whatever. Or do we want someone to do all that work for us? Why do you think a lot of the time I say, hey, man, I asked a question. Please feel free to look it up. Feel free to look it up. You have the freedom to do the research on your own. You have the freedom to agree or disagree, but you got to come with information. You have to come with information and not just parrot talking points from whatever talking head that's reading off of a teleprompter, by the way, of words that they did not write. Hello. These people that you are allowing to speak to you do not have creative license, do not have license to use their own mouth to, to, to say what they want to say. They are, forgive my language, prostitutes. Their mouths are are rented, bought and paid for and they cannot get off of code or task or the mandates of whatever network multinational that they work for. They are not free to say what they want to say. Yeah, you may find someone that already actually already agrees with that. But if they don't agree with some of the things that they're saying, they can't go. They can't go against it. They're making eight figures a year. Do you know that? Why? Hmm? Are they are they are they entering into enemy territory and telling stories? Are they are they exposing the the the, the lies that are going on in in in, in our governments <clears throat> in, in in our businesses? No. They just rail on and yep yep yep. They don't tell you how to think. They tell you what to think. Big difference. So all I'm saying is, yeah, yes they're a tool. But are are they but are we willing to do the work ourselves? Are we willing to go back and read a book? Because look at what's going on now. All of our information is becoming increasingly centralized. Where are you getting your information from? You're either getting it from multinational corporations or you're getting it. No, I'm sorry. You're getting it from multinational corporations, because even when you do a Google search, so much of the stuff that you're looking for does not show up. So many of the things and pages I was able to find years ago on the first uh, 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 the first query page are no longer there, even though those websites are still active and still popular. Now I have to go, oh, now I have to do a little bit more searching. And now that page is cached in page three or four. And I'm like, wow, what happened? Now I'm saying to myself, what happened? What happened is, hey, you're, you're leaving your information to multinationals. Anyone, anyone of you ever read a pamphlet? I was saying that to that guy that I was having the interview with. Great dude. He's a good guy. I'm going to let you guys hear him um, once he's finished with the edits. And I said, when I was growing up in Queens, I would go on Jamaica Avenue and some dude would hand me a booklet and say, yo, yo, young man, I want you to read this. And I'd go, okay. And, and I would say, I don't have any money. He said, you know what? Take it. I want you to read it and come back to me. And if you like it, you can buy it. If not, um, you can give it back to me, but I want to know why you didn't like it. And I want to know what you learned. Every single last thing that those guys gave me, I read. Why? Because I had to walk by them every day. So eventually I'm going to have to read it because I, I got to get to the bus. And that's the main way to get to the bus. And they're like, yo, yo, little homie, did you read it? I'm like, I ain't finished it yet. Oh, OK. Well, when you finish it, come back to me. I'm like, all right. All right. 
and it almost forced me to read more. And not to say that all those pamphlets were filled with accurate information, but you know what it forced me to do? To dig. I would give them back that book and I would say, you know what? I wrote a couple of things down um, and I need to figure out if that's true, that's true, that's true. And we would have these long-winded conversations in front of a little table on a street in Queens, just on a sidewalk with guys selling oils and candles and soaps and books and everything. And I'm having a long-winded conversation. When was the last time one of your your talking heads on television gave you this much conversation that you're getting from me? Huh? They're getting eight figures and they're not more intelligent than the man speaking. If, in, in, you know, humbly, if I may humbly say, there's not one of these talking heads that I see making eight million dollars, nine, ten million a year that are that I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, that's wrong. No, 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 no. That's that's gymnastics. That's wrong. That's inaccurate. They can't hold a candle. I, I that could do that job easy, but I'm not supposed to do that job. These people can be highly intelligent and whatever. But remember what I said, they're prostitutes. They're they're bought and paid for. But at the same time. Acrimony disharmony, antagonism spread seven times faster than good news. Okay? So is it them or is it us? Because they're a part of us. They're not aliens. They're not from another parallel universe. We have to ask ourselves fundamental questions. Who are we today? Is it the media or is it me? That's what we have to ask. Is it me or is it the media? Just saying. Just a little food for thought. Like I said before, thank you guys for tuning in. I really do appreciate it. Please, like I said, after this episode, if you are listening on Apple or iTunes or whatever, please, right after you press stop, go there and rate this show. Like I said, I'm looking for, if you go on that show now, I think I have five or six or seven reviews. I need 25. I need 25 reviews to show that I moved the needle from the first two, three months from when I started this. Because I have way more listeners and, and people commenting and emailing me than I had. But the reviews are not reflecting that, you know. So it just makes it look like a couple of my homies did it. And that's not cool. <laughs> it's not like, oh, just my friends. No. Actually, some of the people who commented, I don't know them. A couple did. I do. But um, it's important. It's very important. And if you appreciate this uh, 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 platform the same way we appreciating the other platforms because those other platforms we spend a hundred dollars a month to get okay yeah and unfortunately you're getting misinformed malinformed disinformed okay you you know it's almost like if you eat if you go watching all of that stuff is tantamount to eating everything through a drive-through window like morning noon and night drive through window that's what that is and even if you only did it once that stuff is not even a treat because going through a drive through window that stuff is delicious sometimes right that stuff is good a lot of salt a lot of sugar a lot of whatever yum give me some got it it's a treat Ooh, but that media you're consuming those mainstream news cable stations it's not even a treat it's not even escapism like watching reality TV. For some people, they just find it to be lowbrow escapism. Okay, but that 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 stuff, that mainstream news, corporate news, that's the tint, the lean, the frame, the steer. It's not even pleasurable. It's actually attacking the lowest parts of your intellect. It's catering to that. So just take that into consideration. Support the media that you love or or maybe because I only have four, five, six, seven reviews, that's a referendum on where we are, right? You know, why that person can get eight, nine, ten million dollars to speak about things that are just inaccurate. They don't ever get fired for being wrong, which is insane to me. So you don't have to be accurate as long as you stay on script. Insanity. But that's the world we live in. So all I'm doing is adding my little contribution to it. See where it happens, you know, because either way, I'm going to be OK because I know what it is. And because I know what it is, I'm going to I'm going to maneuver as such. But there are many people who are suffering from anxieties because of all the things that are that they're being told. They can't watch the news and I can't June. I can't watch. I just can't. I was like, I don't know why you're watching that to begin with. You should be checking in on whose world is this with Junior Renee Brun. Maybe you'd be a little bit calmer 
you'll be able to ask yourself some poignant questions and take a minute. Take a minute for yourself. You listen to us, you take a minute for yourself and go, whoa, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on the next two, three days about who are we today? Yeah. Who, who are we? Who, who do we want to be? Who do you want to be today? If we're going to change climate, we have to change ourselves. I know this has been a reoccurring theme over the last two, three episodes, but I think it's very important. Going into 2022 with all that we've gone through since 2020, all that we've gone through since elections, forget about other things, diseases or viruses. Just think about the election and what that did to a lot of our families and friends and how it fractured relationships and how it caused certain angst and anxieties amongst our amongst us. Think about that for a moment. So even before this thing hit over the last what's going to be two years, we're entering into the second year of this thing we've been in, been a part of. Think about what was going on beforehand. It was Trumpers or not people that love Trump in a religious cultish sort of way. And those of us, those of the population who completely hated him. And then some of us who were like, eh, he's from Queens. Catmate sold buildings. He has, he has gold towers. So what? What's the difference between him and Bush? Like some of us were sort of ambivalent to him. Others thought he was the devil incarnate. Others thought he was here to save America and make it, as he poignantly put it, great again. Trying to date it back to some fantastical time where everything was utopia-like in this country. I'd like to know that decade, by the way. With all due respect to all my conservative friends out there, I love for you guys to point out the decade to me or this era what you're trying to make great again. This era, where is it? And who was it great for? Exactly. I just, I just like that because respectfully, we're going to have a conversation about that. And I'm glad I brought it up. We have to bring about how, how dangerous it is to try to hearken things back to another time, you know, and how many, many totalitarian, authoritarian dictatorship regimes always feel as if they have to romanticize some former error that they are there to restore and bring back. We have to be very careful of that rhetoric, but I'm going to save that for another day. That's another conversation. Because if you look throughout history, that's been a tagline. It's, it's that make America. Many, many people have used it wherever they are. And it's usually been fascistic in nature. Not saying that that's what Donald J. Trump is, was doing. I'm just saying that one has to be very, very careful when um, we we look to hearken back to a better time. For whom exactly? One can argue this is the best time when you consider non-slavery, non-segregatory times in this country. That this is the time that's actually the best, but at the same time, one can argue, have we peaked? Are we heading on the other downward slope of humanity? I, I'm sorry if this is somewhat of a Donnie Downer sort of episode. I'm just trying to provoke the kind of thought that gets us to think about us and being accountable for who we are as a species. It's easy to blame the neighbor for what your kids are doing. It's easy to blame the neighbor's kids. It's easy to blame the kids at school and saying that you're now your child is coming home with bad habits. Maybe that child learned some of those habits from you and your spouse or your partner or, 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 your, or your parents or whatever else. Maybe, just maybe, your kid is acting a certain way because of you. It's easy to be like, oh, you know what? You're not hanging out with Joey anymore. You're not hanging out with Janice anymore. That's easy. Oh, yeah, who are you hanging out with school? It must be peer pressure. We're going to... Ch- eh. But maybe, maybe it's the input that you've inputted in. So maybe this is us. Who are we today? Is it the media or is it me? You guys have a great night.